Welcome in our weekly chat here, No House Advantage NBA Strategy Show, as we not only get you ready for tonight's action, uh, No House Advantage, but we continue to educate you on how to win money, how to go out there and successfully walk away with a positive ROI each and every time you're going out and building lineups for No House Advantage. And the beauty of it is you've got three different ways to combine all in one, and that's Terry here giving you analysis those projections that you see on Awesomeo that are free, and then our prime optimal lineups, which are basically telling you who to plug and play right if you are building a ton. So we have a lot, as always, to sift through from overs and unders. How you doing, first and foremost? Doing pretty well, man. It's good to be here. I feel like I'm in good company with those two killer pieces of content. And then, hey, I'm along for the ride here, and I'll throw in the, <laughs> the old analysis. But, yeah, it doesn't get much better than uh, Alex's projections and just giving you guys the lineups for uh, for what the uh, most optimal way to put these things together is. So, yeah, there's a little there, strategy. But- you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's strategy. You know, we provide our our end here too. We're holding right. up our end, but I mean, I don't want to compare myself to Alex's projections. Please, that was a killer no, intro. No, but I, I think you know, there's there's a healthy medium here. You're not Joe Girardi uh, sitting in the Phillies bullpen doing absolutely. Hey, I love Joe Girardi. Your I thumb. will not stand for this Girardi bashing. Out of <laughs> I knew I could get you there. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> so we have to sit and see who's been zeroed out, and we continue to remind you as far as. If you see somebody at a 100, there's a really solid chance that this guy ain't playing. And we already see that tonight with guys like Julius Randle, Chris Middleton, basically everybody from Minnesota, huh? Lou Williams and Luca, right? These guys are basically ruled out throughout, so you don't have to worry about them specifically. And we really only have one overplay where we always like to begin, and that's your squad, your guy, Emmanuel Quickly's assists. Now, this is a really wide gap here between what NHA is asking Quickly to get over versus what Alex has projected. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, three and a half seems low when we're looking at that 5.47 that Alex has on the board. Quickly in his 22.1 minutes a game averages 3.1 assists. Um, so it might seem on the surface like we're saying that he's going to get to you know a, a significant amount more when we're not giving him all that many more minutes than his 22.1 minute average. Alex has him at a 25.5. What's going to be going on with the Knicks tonight is that there's no Julius Randle, and he's a fantastic facilitator for a big man. He's got a 25.1% assist rate on the year, so those assists have to go somewhere. The most likely destination for them is the guards, right? So in the situation where quickly he's going to be on the floor, he's more likely to going to pick up some more potential assists and he's more likely going to convert a few of those than what he's averaging so i think alex is on point with with uh you know giving him that bump in that in assist rate there should be some additional assists for a guy like rj barrett who's going to see more opportunity his assist rate typically goes up in this situation but quickly should be a guy who gets swept up in that the three and a half feels low that's right around they've got him projected or they've got that line set rather for his normal circumstance and that's not what we're dealing with that's always what we're looking for so this is an interesting game, right? Because Randall's out clearly, and it's not like the Hawks are a beacon of health by any means and stability. At the same time, you've got this Knicks team who has been up and down clearly, but they've owned the Hawks, not just this year, but what, like seven, eight straight regular season games they've won against Atlanta. So with okay, Randall out in the playoffs, well, I, I was for your benefit, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's the caveat is always that. Look, man, I, we're on the same team. A little, right? <laughs> a little bit. But what what is it? Who benefits the most from a scoring standpoint? Because if quickly and 
if you can look at somebody like quickly, who's going to benefit from other guys picking up some slack, is it just Barrett? Is it Evan Fournier? Right? Like we have a couple of obvious choices, but do you think that it does slide elsewhere? I mean, I think the, the obvious benefactor is going to be, or beneficiary rather is going to be RJ Barrett. Uh, just, he's going to see more usage than what he normally gets out there. He's going to be the lead dog. He's been kind of taking that on a little bit anyways, up to 26.1% usage for the season. He's been pushing to average 20 points. He was in the uh, New York post the other day talking about wanting to average 20 NBA uh -oh. points for the season. What? Uh oh, what's the post name? last time Randall was in the post. Didn't something, <laughs> didn't you guys go on like a three game losing streak? Uh, well, I mean, that happens so frequently that who can keep track of what the causes are anymore? Touche. RJ wasn't out there like flipping off the fans or anything. I'll give you that. True. No, he was in there talking about good things. And, you know, there were, there's a lot of growth going on with that kid. I really like the looks of him overall. Still very young. You know, he's got growing to do, but uh, it pushing the average of 20, 20 points per game already. So with just the idea of more to do, he's going to push a 30% usage rate tonight. Fournier will see an uptick for sure. Uh, I like the looks of the Fournier uh, threes. It's at two and a half. We've got him projected at 3.84. That's pushing an 85% around the overs. So I think that one pretty strong the assists for Fournier is pretty strong just by the same token of a guy who's going to be out there for around 30 minutes his normal role but there will be more assists somebody's going to have to facilitate those buckets so when he's not scoring odds are there's going to be a good chance it's coming off of his hands over to a guy like RJ or uh, you know uh, maybe Mitch in the middle I like the opportunity for Mitch as well but it doesn't look like he's really bouncing to the top of Alex's board here in terms of uh, where the NHA lines are set so they must have some pretty efficient lines on him yeah and look I played Fournier's over three and a half. I'm going to have that for locks coming up here in just under an hour for Linquist. But I played that knowing that we'd have a chance to talk about this tonight, seeing it. And again, it's at 82.5. And technically, there are about uh, four or five props ahead from a number standpoint. But then when you add the narrative, when you add what's happened here on the floor and without Randall, things can adjust as we've had this with Terry you know, many a times on our show here. So looking at Fournier, and again, the books are lay granted, you're laying 104, 105, depending on where you're getting it. Odd Shopper will tell you the best place to get it, but you're not getting plus money on over three and a half for Fournier. That's the books. The difference here is no juice, and you're only going over two and a half. So I'm actually surprised that with Randall out, that three-point prop is not higher, especially from a percentage standpoint, Terry, especially with the expected allotment of minutes that Fournier is, is, is going to be out there combined with NHA only asking you to get three tonight. I, I mean, Fournier, in a, in a per 36 sense, he's taking 9.33s and making 3.7 per 36. We've got him projected for fewer than 36 minutes, but it's that next rotation where if he's hot, he's going to see around 34, 36. If he's cold, he's going to probably not get you to that line anyway. So that's what we talk about with him for DFS all the times. It's that wide range of outcomes where, you know, you're either getting there and you're cruising there because he's going to see extra playing time because the shot's falling or Tibbs yanks him early and he, because he's cold and he wasn't going to get you there anyway. So 39. 9.8% three-point shooter. I like that one. I like the opportunity for him to uh, at least get the looks at it. And it seems like it's uh, he's got enough to have, uh, have that many go down for him. All right. So high 80s here. We can attack Pat Connaughton really from three different areas right now. And, you know, looking at the highest one would technically be his PR. But if it's points, if it's points, rebounds, if it's just rebounds, he's right there as far as the, the high 80s and really the number two option below quickly. 
Yeah, you got to love the spot for uh, Connaughton on any of these, really. I, I think they're all just under-projected for his – he's going to be in the starting lineup. I know Chris Middleton tonight. We've yeah. also got the potential for no Giannis tonight. He's probable. I wrote about him on the site. He lo- Giannis looks spectacular for DFS, particularly on FanDuel. But a guy like Connaughton can benefit from just being out there playing a few additional minutes, and it's not like we're, it's a big ask here. The points plus rebounds is seven and a half. We've got him projected to go double that. Yep. Um, it, it should be no real challenge for him to get to that. So, uh, yeah, I like any one of those. The points plus rebounds is easy off the top. Um, and we're talking about a guy who, when he gets his minutes, 26.9 minute average uh, is pulling in on a points plus rebounds basis. He's at a 14.4. So we've got him projected like right at his average. We're not asking him to do anything exceptional. And he's going to be in the starting lineup tonight. So there's a good shot for Pat Connett here. All right, so we have omitted a couple of these unders, and and I don't want to play favorites by any means, even though we do each and every week here. But we may have some stronger plays overall. And again, this isn't to go 10 minutes into the show to have Tyler just break down everything that you've built. But there are a couple of mid to high 90s, and so much of this is just dependent on a guy playing, right? And how much you can see this. Although last week, now I'm blanking, of course, But last week, we talked about this very scenario, and there was a guy right there at the top who it was just about if he needed a play or not, maybe on the Nets, right? And all of a sudden, the final minute of the game, this guy's out there, and he gets a minute play, and all of these unders will cash on NHA. And it was just amazing to see that because I immediately thought of you and our projections right there at the top. So you really just need these guys to be out there in order for these unders to cash. But you've got a couple at least – of some bigger ones, at least with, you know, 99 to 99, one with Gary Harris, one with Tony Bradley. And I guess technically if you're playing anything, Tony Bradley, you might as well just play the under rebounds. Cause that's a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the go-to right there. The line is in a ridiculous five and a half. Um, Tony Bradley for this season is playing 10.4 minutes a game and averaging three and a half rebounds. So they're clearly expecting something different than what the reality is for Tony Bradley right now. Over the last three games, he's averaged 3.3 minutes, uh, played three, then five, then two. So our 1.7 minute projection here is probably pretty on point for what we can expect from him tonight if he takes the court at all. So that's always going to be the caveat there is going to be that if he takes the court at all. Uh, They should, Zach Levine's questionable tonight, but I mean, that's not a, a positional comp. That's just a body in the rotation. One of their prime players, at his position in the front court, there's not going to be anybody that's going to be out of the way here. So it's not like there's going to be a situation created for him to, you know, suddenly see even his minutes, his season long average, let alone a lot of minutes that would get him beyond his average. So I'm not really sweating that Bradley one. It's just a matter of if he takes the court at all. Uh, he has the last three times out for limited minutes. So I like him to stay well under five and a half rebounds unless he magically gets, you know, 16 minutes. I think you're muted. I am muted. I apologize. How about Gary Harris? He's another guy that's popping right up there. And that line with that gap is worthy of a 99 and a half percentile that it hits the under. Yeah, Harris is an interesting one. I had to go look at it because we've got him projected at 10.8 minutes, well under the 28.5 that he averages for the entire course of the season. But they've just gotten healthier. They're going away. They don't necessarily need to use him. So he was in a, a more reduced role in the last game. He got that 24 minutes largely on the back of garbage time. He played the entire fourth quarter. So he added 12 minutes at the end of the game. Uh, they were, I assume, getting lit up in this game. 
No, actually, there it was a fairly tight game. So I don't, I didn't get a chance to look into why specifically he got that fourth quarter run, but it looks like they just went to the bench, uh, largely in the fourth quarter, and they had like uh, Wendell Carter sat out for. Eh, it's it's kind of a normal rotation. He came back in halfway through. Uh, Carter, Wagner, and Anthony. Looks like Mo Bamba was out of the game at that point. Yeah. So that might have uh, that might have had some effect on uh, some trickle down effect on who was available. So regardless, Harris got those minutes by virtue of playing the entire fourth quarter. I expect that he's going to fall off that production here or that much time on the court here, be more in line with our 10.8. It's a little bit tight. I mean, the line's nine and a half on the PRA. We've got him at a 5.28 PRA. Maybe it's one where we poke around and see if any of the others are better on their own, like points on their own, six and a half. Nah, I think we, I think we're better, we're safer piling it up. So if you want to go to the Harris one, I would stick with the top one there at the nine and a half. As long as he doesn't get extended run for you know whatever the circumstance is, I think we're pretty safe on that one based on where we've got him projected. Yeah, I got burned on a Bomba prop because he was out of the game by then. So you're right. It's just uh, maybe just a matter of extenuating circumstances. Terrence Ross is popping up here his PRA, his PA. Again, you can only play these guys if you're building one lineup tonight on NHA or any night on NHA. You can only build one guy in each one of these lineups. But if you want to go around and attack the field in multiple lineups here, you can just look at building Bradley a couple of times over. You can do the same thing with Terrence Ross. So we have his PRA, his points and assists up there, and even his points are pretty doable. All realistically some wide gaps here. It does get a little tighter with the points, but when you add another category or two, it looks like a pretty easy smash here for Ross. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And it's almost the exact same situation as Harris, just uh, you know, by virtue of having his minutes essentially halved. Uh, and Ross was out that last game, so uh, you know he's uh, projected for 10.6 minutes tonight. Over his last two that he's appeared in, he played 10 minutes, then 23 minutes. So it's a little bit of fluctuation, but we know they're just not looking to necessarily give these guys the attention. They want to bring along some of the development time. Like that's what this part of the season is going to be for, for this team. So I think that's pretty safe. I think the reasonable expectation of 10 to 12 minutes of uh, just, you know, garbage time, bench time, uh, just get in, you know, a few, uh, a couple rotations in each half. I think that's pretty reasonable. If you want to attack it onto the PRA, we're talking about a guy who's primarily a scorer anyway, and typically is a high volume shooter, needs that time on the court to even get to his points. So tacking on the rebounds and the assists, I think we're pretty safe there at 10 and a half. We've got him projected well under that. All right. Now we're getting into that mid eighties. The good thing about this is there's not really much in the eighties for an under. So we can technically go back to our overs here and stretch out a couple of more 80s, at least a little bit more of the high 80s. We talked about Connaughton and just, you know, coming in there with extended minutes. Right is an interesting over, 87% here for a PRA of 6.5 on NHA. Talked about Fournier. I still think that one is much higher than it should be here, at least for the three-pointers. And then the assist for Fournier at one and a half is pretty smashable as well. Yeah, I, I just like those situational uh, opportunities for all these different Knicks. Um, so, yeah, the R.J. Barrett one we touched on, we touched on quickly a little bit, and then Fournier. Any one of these that you land on, and as you're building out different cards, you can mix and match different plays that are similarly ranked here. So, yeah, any one of those, just by virtue of Randall's absence and just what's going to be going on on the court for the Knicks, you do have that hot hand issue where, you know, some one of these guys is going to get some unpredictable minutes, throw Alec Burks into that equation as well. Uh, between those four guys, 
two of them will probably pretty reliably smash through their overs and two of them will probably get really tight based on that playing time. And it's just going to be the odd hand. So if you're spreading out ownership across the different props, the ones that look better um, for each of the different players, I think it makes some sense as a general approach. Um, and then, yeah, taking a look at, uh, at Dellen Wright, we've seen him shine when he's getting getting minutes. He's projected for 18.2, which is just kind of on point with his minutes. But like you said at the top of the show, there's still some missing pieces. Noah Bogdanovich, Collins is out, Lou Will is out as well. So there's going to be opportunity for playing time. In his standard game, he's averaging 2.9 rebounds, and we're talking about a line of one and a half. Uh, so we've got him projected for his standard minutes fair to expect around his standard rebounds. And I think there's actually probably a little bit more meat on the bone for that one, just based on opportunity. So I like him to cruise through that. Actually, that should uh, potentially be a little bit higher. Right. It's higher. Uh, and again, it's at 87%. So the fact that you like that even more now, we may have to ask Tyler to take a couple of guys off and just, you know, rearrange the ladder here. Right. <laughs> Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you could knock that one down. I was actually, when I said that, I was actually looking at the rebounds alone, which is at 81.4. Uh, we've got to project it projected at 2.77 against the one and a half. I didn't even notice that he had the points plus rebounds that much higher. Uh, so yeah, I would jump immediately to that points plus rebounds off the virtue of the, you know, the exact same for the exact same reasons. Wait, uh, for right. So it, PRA, yeah, yeah. I have it at 87. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. I had just, okay. I had looked too far down the list. Cause I was talking got about those garbage Knicks. <laughs> So, no, look, man, I, I think there's actually a lot of value with your Knicks, and I'm going to go I back do, to a, another one here. And Allen, again, we might be short on, but value, yeah. Well, look, I, I've already told you I played Fournier uh, on the books, and we talked about a couple of ways that you could play him here on NHA. So let me go back to that well one more time. But here's why, and, and a big reason why I think maybe this has to correlate at some point, right, is we talked about the success that the Knicks have had regular season, but granted, the success that the Knicks have had consecutively in seven, eight games against the Hawks. Fournier has gone 18 plus in seven of his last eight against the Hawks. Now, granted, I'm not going all the way back. I'm just looking recent stretch this year with the Knicks. And I think 18 and a half PRA is a little bit high. But if you wanted to just do 15 and a half PA, this one might be like a solid three, two, three point play here. If you're looking to fill out the bottom, because once again, I think this is a higher than 80.97 percentage where he could hit this points alone at 15 and a half. Yeah, I don't mind that. I mean, you're talking about a guy who under normal circumstances averages 14.4 points in his 29.7 minutes a game. That's with Randall out there normal, you know, across the entire course of the season. So there is going to be some additional opportunity for him. His usage doesn't really go up in the sample with that, with just Rand I, the only guy I had the chance to take off while you were introing it there was, uh, was Randall. Let me see if I can get a better uh, approximation of what's going to be going on here tonight. His usage was floating around that same 20% mark, but it's typically, you know, the situation with him is almost always whether or not that shot happens to be falling early on. And then he just builds from there and he gets himself going. He sees the additional minutes, like I was saying before, but considering that he's at that as an average anyway, we're asking him for one additional point or an assist on top of his points average. I kind of like going to that points plus assist one. I think that makes a lot of sense. All right. Let's, so let's just leave it there. Favorite Emma Stone movie? She popped up in the chat, by the way. So I figured since you're here, this would be a pretty good person to ask. Wow. Uh, that's an interesting one. She's She pops up in a lot of good stuff. She's a pretty good actress. Like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Zombieland. I think the first one is hysterically funny. I love the Bill, the Bill Murray cameo in it. Not to spoil anything for anybody, but oh, that's just oh, one of the no, best I can't cameos see it. of Thank all you. time. 
Um, so uh, that might be my answer. Let me pull up her filmography real quick. Cause I, I did enjoy like her, uh, her Spider-Man run, like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans, I think are a little bit underrated. She's really good in Birdman with, uh, with Keaton. So she's had a good run. People could argue La La Land. I'm sure I haven't actually found the, uh, the filmography here yet. Birdman is oh, good. She's I, in I, super bad though. Shit. That's that. That's the easy okay. answer off the top. She's in super bad. Okay. That, that movie's hysterical. Lock it up. Super bad yeah. there. So all hey, questions hey. answered on Emma Stone. <laughs> I love that, man. We don't, we don't leave anything. Unturned. You got to talk through it. You got to, you got to exactly. talk through it and stumble across the answer. Eventually easy. A is another really good movie of ours. Yeah. That's an older one though. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you have to go back on that one. So I, yeah. I, I was trying to keep it somewhat, but look, if it's an all timer, it's an all timer. So who can argue with history by any means? All right, anybody, we already talked about Ross and Harris. Just going back to the unders, there is one with Taj Gibson. His rebounds at five and a half on NHA, nearly a full two rebound difference compared to what Alex has as his projection. So that's mid 80s if you're interested in maybe even a five, six point play max there. That was on, uh, I hadn't really looked at Taj. That's on, uh, yeah, that's on the unders. Now, again, I just I thought I, I'm fully yeah. updated here, right? Yeah, so he's... Yeah, he's oh, I'm sure you did. I just wasn't sorted by One, it. that's all. You know, a lot of times we have guys... For example, if there's somebody who's under PRA or under PR, then usually they're the PRA or their PA, usually it's grouped together where you have one guy that's accounting for like four or five slots in a 10-slot yeah. radius. In this case, Taj is really up there solo with his rebound prop, and that's it. Yeah, I got to say, I don't totally love this one. I mean, okay. we're talking about a we're talking about a capable rebounder who should see he averages 17.9. We've got him projected at 16.7, but I mean, we know they're also going to be without Nerlens Noel in that uh, in that front court. We expect Obi Toppin to get most of those minutes. They've got guys that'll mix into the rotation, like you know Quentin Grimes and players like that. So they might just mix it up where Taj doesn't really see an uptick. But I could easily see Taj Gibson going out there and grabbing like you know six rebounds in even you know less than twenty minutes tonight. In his seventeen nine, he averages four point four, so he's averaging a rebound less in uh, in in more time than we're giving him tonight. It's just that question lingering in my head of does Tibbs? I mean, this is one of Tibbs' absolute top yeah. guys. It's yep. like Taj and Derrick Rose are his two favorite players in the league. Maybe Jimmy Butler. Um, outside of that. Like there, there's that lingering doubt in my head that Taj might see a few additional minutes and he's just that scrappy, capable rebounder type. I don't love this one, but it does math out right. So, I mean, it's, it's difficult to reject it on a fan like that. Uh, maybe a little bias creeping in for me on that one, but I'm kind of tepid about it. All right. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button, please. If you haven't already, if you're hanging with us and again, take full advantage. Our promo code out there in case you're wondering you're new to NHJ is awesome. Just put that in, Awesome, A-W-E-S-E-M-O, and we're going to match your first deposit up to $25, where at $50, you can do a lot of damage right away, getting all the advice, the insight from Terry, putting together what we have here as far as our projections. So we've kind of gone back and forth and tackled a lot here as far as the high percentage overs and unders and really haven't had to scrape much into the 70s at all. Is there anything that has kind of caught your eye in that range that maybe we missed or, or maybe there's something that you were looking at ahead of time that bumps up a little bit higher than what the projection would be on either overs or unders. I think the under on uh, Draymond, and that's another one where I feel like I'm playing with fire a little bit, but I feel a little bit more com confident in this one. 
because of where we've got them projected minutes wise, we've got them projected for 24.2 minutes, uh, a reduction of five minutes from the uh, 29.2 that he's averaged over his 37 minutes for the season, just kind of bringing him along gingerly a little bit. Over the last three games, he's averaged just 20 minutes playing 20, 22, and 18. So we're actually projecting him for a bit of an uptick over what he's seen recently. Uh, and even with that, he still falls a rebound and a half short of that seven and a half. So at 77%, I kind of like that one. We are talking about a dangerous rebounder who, if he gets 25 minutes, could easily go out there and grab you, you know, those seven and a half rebounds. So like I said, it doesn't feel great, but it mass outright. And as long as we're right about those minutes or they stay in line with what they've been doing recently, I expect we'll go under that one. So I kind of like that one. Yeah, I think that's a good call, man, especially when you can apply the minutes there for, for that standpoint. And look, you know, you're still at a really good return as far as the gap of our projections on site for Alex and also the percentage. So it's not like you had to go down to a 60 or 58% in order to make that work. Right. Yeah. And that's what we're always looking for with these. We're yeah. always looking for those, you know, that where they're, they're projecting it one way, their line is set based on either the guy's normal expectation and he's not going to be in that situation. Well, it's always that, right. But either he's going to have a more of an opportunity or a reduced opportunity. So you just look for that market inefficiency and exploit that. And that's how you fill out your card. So that's what we're looking for on these, uh, on these different probabilities. And I think that one fits pretty nicely because that's a, that's a line for a 30 minute Draymond. That's not a line for a 24 minute Draymond. Yeah. That, that's such a key distinction right there. How much on the overside here? And it's at that bottom eighties, if you will, there are two options, PRA and PA Luke Kennard. If you look at the, just the difference between the NHA lines versus the awesome projections, both definitely workable, but so much, I guess is about your feel for this game. And also if you think, that you know with any added minutes or volume this is worth taking a play on canard yeah he's never one of the guys that thrills me to go to dfs wise or anything else it just you know i i find him kind of a, a boring play a lot of the time i guess i don't know why i don't know what it is about luke canard that just puts that bug in my head but i think this one makes sense the pra 13 and a half we've got him well over that it's a situation where you know he's going to be getting around his average minutes and the average PRA that he puts up is, let's see, 17.2. And we've yeah. got him projected at 17.05. So he's clearing that by three and a half on the average. <laughs> we've got him projected for 26.6 minutes. He yeah. averages 27 and a half. It's not a change situation. That's one where we can kind of drill in. And it looks like they just went low with that line. So I don't mind going to that. The other one I was looking at as you were uh, as you were teeing up Canard, uh, which is why it took me a second to click into who we were talking about, <laughs> is uh, Nemanja Bielica who's on the board a little bit higher in the, uh, Oh yeah. We range. missed him. That's right. That's my fault. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fine. I was happy not to talk about it, but I figured I'd throw him out there. Cause he does. He's got again, some low numbers though to attack, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes sense to, uh, to, to chase that one. I think, uh, you know, he's clearing the rebounds prop by nearly two. It's a three and a half. We've got him at 5.35, 86.4% likely to hit that. Uh, and we're just, it's a situation where it's minutes, right? We've got him projected at 21.4 minutes. He averages 15.7 on the season, but we know that they're depleted. No Moody, no Curry, no Iggy, no Wiseman. Uh, Wiggins is questionable, most likely going to play, but especially if Wiggins is out there, he'll cruise through these lines, even with no Wiggins with Wiggins out there. I think he's got a safe shot at hitting these. So I think Bielitsa is on the board here as uncomfortable. Like if I'm putting Bielitsa <laughs> and Canard in the same card, I'm not happy, but I think they both make sense. No, I, and look, a lot of times, if you want to play multiple lineups, then you can avoid that issue and not feel as dirty, I guess, 
when you're filling out your card here, but you have yeah. the choice. Well, well, at least not when they're overs, I guess I should clarify. Right. Like if these are right. unders that we would be talking about at 86, I feel a lot more comfortable with these guys, but now that makes yeah, sense. They're, I, they're I get there. that. Yeah, but so, they're there. They oh, I'm sorry. No, no I, I, that's it, man. I, I think we've tackled a lot here. If there was anybody else that you wanted to look at, that would be, I guess, justifiably a, a one or two point play. If you get down to that tight area, we do have the optimal lineups for people to use again and, other than that, I, I, I think, if you're going to say it. It's sitting right there. I've been Bobby wondering Portis, if you were going to There it is. Over three. Bobby, Bobby Portis three. He's been. It's okay. So it. he's had four straight games of dog shit, right? Where he hasn't done jack, you know what, and I <laughs> from three. And over the course of the season, he's never gone more than four games with this type of cold streak. And he's bounced back going over one and a half. And one and a half is such a low number because chances are that it's either juiced at the book or you're still getting it over two and a half at like ridiculous plus money to bait you. I don't hate it. And I stayed away from it. I don't hate it, but I definitely think that there's a lot. Le well, look, especially with guys out, you would think, yeah, but I would do one of two things, Terry. I would either go and play this and put it, lock it in as like a one through three play. And then after I do this on NHA, I would go long on the books. And instead of just going over a one and a half or what, I, I would go like four plus tonight and really try and maximize because without even Giannis and definitely without Middleton, yeah, Grayson Allen's going to get a little bit of a bump here, but Bobby Portis at the very least is going to have a ton of volume to get out of this funk that he's been in over the last couple of games. So I stayed away from him just to go over the prop, but now I'm rethinking, all right, maybe he's a great NHA, like low point play. I think that might make might be a good way to approach it there. I mean, it stood out to me based on kind of like what you touched on, just the absences that are that are there. It's a prop where he's already averaging in a per 36 cents a three more than what they're asking for here. And he's going to be playing with no Middleton out there, potentially no Giannis, although we do expect Giannis. But it's just a spot where, you know, if he goes out and does the average in the average situation, he would beat it. And he's not going to be playing in that average situation. He's going to be playing in an enhanced situation. So I kind of like it. Even with the, the you know, the lackluster recency, uh, I, I still kind of like us to get there on that one. All right, my friend. Appreciate it as always. Again, th hit that thumbs up button for Terry at the very least to make sure you, if you haven't already, take advantage of this promo code awesome. A-W-E-S-E-M-O. No house advantage. See a couple of people eyeing this now new to it in the chat. This is an easy way in which you can collect some money on NHA. Thanks to Tyler. And again, thanks to you all out there. Terry, my friend, we'll be back next week. Sounds good, bud. I'll be here.